family-owned, built-to-last, people-focused. Founded on the values of integrity, hard work, and safety, the Heiko Companies has over 9,000 employees and over 70 operating companies in 19 countries on five continents. As a family-owned business, we believe our customer and employee relationships are the most important assets we have. Our operating companies provide products and services that drive the economy. These products include engineered components, steel, specialty equipment, construction, and industrial services. Our businesses are organized into four platforms, Applied Solutions Group, Construction Solutions Group, Industrial Technologies Group, and Metal Processing Group. We believe that a handshake still means something. We take pride in doing what we say we're gonna do. We have a reputation of commitment, hard work, and the desire to exceed expectations. Ensuring the safety and well-being of our employees is the most important responsibility. And we're proud that our operating companies in the United States and Canada are certified women's business enterprises. On this podcast, we will learn from thought leaders and subject matter experts from our operating companies, their customers, and other partners in their industries. Good morning, everyone. I'm so excited that you're joining us. We have an awesome conversation today. We are discussing the advancement of a superior EHS culture today. And joining me today, we have Patrick Morocco and Michael Stutes. Patrick is the president of Bartel Machinery, and Michael works as the EHS lead and maintenance technician. Guys, welcome to the show. And to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about Bartel? Uh, Courtney, I'll, I could start that. And um, first, it's wonderful to be with you here this morning. So just real briefly, Bartel is a, uh, it's an amazing company. Um, we specialize in the uh, manufacturing design engineering of large industrial machinery systems. And we supply our product to really three distinct markets in the tire industry, in the wire and cable, in the oil and gas. Uh, so we're, we ship both domestically and international. Uh, we have about 94 employees presently with the organization and we've been in business for 81 years and counting. Wow, and to get us started on our topic today, what exactly is the VPP STAR program and why did your team decide to pursue it? So VPP, and Mike, just jump in whenever. Uh, so VPP is a, uh, uh, it's a federal program under OSHA, under the Department of Labor. And it's really a program which promotes collaboration between OSHA and businesses. And with the really the ultimate goal to advance the, uh, the safety and um, uh, safety culture and within organizations and really to uh, promote a partnership between OSHA and businesses, uh, ultimately to provide employees with a safer work environment. It was, it was established in 1982. And like Pat said, it, the purpose is, is to get employers to work with government in order to make sure that your employees are safer. They're, they're you know, watching themselves or watching out for each other as they do their hazardous jobs. The point being ultimately to eliminate injuries and illnesses in the workplace if possible. Awesome. That's amazing that you guys are taking that initiative. And why does your company and each of you put so much importance and weight on this topic? I, th I think really um, the, the basis is the, the need and the emphasis on safety, safety for our employees, safety for our customers, our visitors, and ultimately for you know, our families. And when you look at a business like Bartel uh, and you look at the inherent risks that we've had within our operations, so we have a full fabrication facility, a weld operation, CNC machinery, assembly of large machines. Some of these machines we produce don't even fit in your home. Uh, they're that large and it's rotating. And so we have heavy lift 
so when you look at the complexity of the overall operation, it's really the right thing to do to promote a safe environment. Uh, we view this as really a means to ensure that um, it's a place to work, it's a place to feel safe. Uh, we welcome um, employee engagement. Um, and it's really you know, getting to an environment where safety is paramount. It's become part of our culture. Absolutely, I and, love and, that. And we, yeah, and we strive for excellence in everything that we do. Uh, safety is at the top of our list. We start every meeting off with safety. Every uh, toolbox talk is every Thursday with our uh, fr frontline employees, our, our assemblers, electrical, mechanical. And we have a great corporate backing. Um, the Heiko companies, they put safety first across all their businesses. I mean, their motto is honesty, integrity, and safety. You know, we have, what, 50-plus sister companies, and we have a great network of EHS professionals, presidents, um, you know, corporate CEOs, um, the owners of the corporation, and they all try to put safety first. Uh, Dave Roberts, who's the president of EHS for the Heiko companies, he does an amazing job, and, and I am proud to say that I belong to that company because of the safety records and the path that we're trying to go down, you know, becoming one of the safest corporations in America. Absolutely, you should be so proud. That's the most important work. So I'm curious, what is involved in the certification process? The certification process is, I'm gonna be honest, it's about a three year process from, from start to when you get certified. Um, there's an application process that you have to follow. There's four different key elements. It's management leadership, worksite analysis, hazard identification and control, and then safety and health training. And when you go through this process, it starts with management leadership and employee involvement. You need a commitment from the leadership saying that, yes, this is the path that we want to go down and we're committed to um, you know, put all these resources forward, financial labor, to the betterment of our health and safety system. Right. So the management would draft an EHS policy statement. The workforce learns the elements of VPP. The workforce practices the elements for at least one year. And then you can apply and have OSHA come onto your site and do a systematic analysis of how your company operates. You know, that's basically the flow of how things work in the VPP application process. And like I said, it, it's you're not going to decide today that you want to be VPP and have it come to fruition tomorrow. This is a three-year systematic process. It takes time. You need to train your employees properly. You need to get your policies and procedures in place, learned, trained upon, documented, failures, successes, action tracked. If you do have failures and how to correct them, CAPA, corrective action, preventative actions, and, and move forward you know, for the betterment of, of your company. And, um, you know, it, it, it's something that everyone should take pride in. No one should be afraid of it. Sometimes when people think of, of OSHA, that they're going to come in and they're going to cite you and write you a ton of fines. It's not like that. VPP is a free service that OSHA provides. They will come in and they will help you get your safety program started and off the ground. There's plenty of literature out there on the VPP website for, for just this. You, know, you can go on that website and they will have outlines of the key elements and how to you know, start your safety program. It's, it's a great resource and I encourage everyone to just you know, go through that application process. And without getting too deep into it, I mean, we can talk three days about the process and how you know, companies should start from finish. Every company is different. Not all companies are created equal, but you know, just for time's sake, like I said, 
I'll start again. The first thing, commitment from everyone, commitment from the top leadership, then you draft an EHS policy statement. What do you want to do? You know, what is your statement? What is your goals for your EHS or your safety system, right? Then after that's set, then you train your workforce. It trickles out to the frontline employees. Workforce learns the elements of the VPP. You, you train them on the four key elements. And then after all your policies, procedures, elements are in place, you practice it for one year and then you apply and then VPP, a team of auditors will come in and do a systematic analysis of your company. And during that analysis, they will audit or question 50% of your workforce. So I can't stress the importance of training your employees and train them well. You know, hands-on training, I'm more hands-on. I like to get out there and be in, in the people's faces, not so much now because of COVID, but um, before that to, to do hands-on training. I think I learn hands-on more than I can if I just read a book and take the principles away from it. You know, so, so for me, that's how I do it specifically in, in four Bartels is I try to make it relatable by showing an example on the shop floor of what to do and what not to do, if that makes sense. It definitely does. I'm curious if the ripple effect has already set in, if you could give me some examples of how this has impacted your company's safety culture. I, I, I think it has definitely. I mean, if you were to look at the organization, both Mike and I have been here for just over eight years. And uh, just prior to me starting, um, I, I, there was an OSHA visit, one of the programmed audits, and uh, we had 11 findings. Um, many were serious. And it just shows you, okay, what was the state of the safety readiness back then? And that was really what was a kind of an alert to set the stage that safety is a priority uh, and we have a lot of work to do. And when you look at that process, it's a culture change because people become used to doing things a certain way, manage, you know, engage their employees a certain way. And it's a shift. It's a definite shift that it's now safety first. Uh, I get it. You know, um, profitability is critical. Production output is critical, but it can't supplant the priority of safety. So it's changing the culture that safety's first, that we can stop the production line anytime if there's a safety concern. We won't violate that. And that's going to be our priority going forward. And so it was, it was a change for many. Um, I remember one time as we were implementing new guarding on our machinery. Some of these areas were exposed and they presented hazards to our employees and we're introducing new guarding. And a, um, you know, a supervisor came to my office, asked to speak to me. I goes, are you intentionally trying to run the business into the ground? Now, not to mention that we had a record year, uh, record revenue, record profitability going. And you know, the answer is no, I'm trying to improve the company. And it just shows the mindset from back then to where we are now. And it's, uh, it, the experience of safety begins when we interview employees and they see it right out of the gate through the process of checking into our facility and being exposed to a, a pretty intense safety video. Uh, when they tour the facility, we have them wear the safety vests and that is a visual factory for us. In fact, any new employee that hires on wears that safety vest for 60 days. And that's just a visual to show that, you know, that employee, no fault of their own is not accustomed to all the processes and procedures in the facility. And everybody can see that, you know, that's an extra set of eyes, just making sure that we're being safe for him, for others, for coworkers. So it is, it's a journey. It doesn't change overnight. It involves, you know, leadership up and down the chain and to really 
um, keep driving the emphasis and the focus and the priority on behavioral uh, safety and accountability. It's amazing to see how much passion and how much you guys care about this. So I'm curious, what advice or recommendations do you have for other business leaders looking to improve their safety culture? That's a great question, Courtney. I, um, my advice is one, you have to be passionate about safety. So uh, many times leaders will say, you know, you know, it's all about growing the business. It's about improving profit to really embrace a safety culture and to really drive that employee buy-in, uh, it has to be a high purpose. There's a, there's a purpose of creating that safe work environment. And to me, it goes into, it spans in so many different directions. So everybody who likes to have a clean work environment to, 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 to work every day, uh, organized, it's safe, people are watching after you. We look at it as uh, in a, a means for employee engagement, you know, creating that positive work environment, making sure that, you know, we're showing that we're, doing everything possible for the employee safety. There is a marketing aspect to it. So we're a high tech company. The things that we design are very unique. You don't see them out there every day. And our customers come in, expect that level of quality, expect that level of um, you know, safety and organization. And so it also becomes a selling aspect when they come into our facility um, that, wow, this place is pretty organized, squared away, and they got that sense that it's a pretty efficient operation. To me, safety goes right to productivity. You know, if you are stepping over wires, cables, boxes, and just to perform functions, that's not efficient. It's not safe. No one wants to work in that sort of environment. You know, it's interesting, one, one gauge, one measure. Uh, would you ever want to go back to where we were before? And we would be hard pressed to find employees says, you know, I like the way it was, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, not now. Uh, so this safety is a one-way street. It's got the buy-in. Uh, I can't I can't say enough about our employees who've um, really at all levels have stepped up. They've embraced it. Um, they're holding each other accountable. Um, they're now generating the ideas, the recommendations, um, the uh, the concern reports. Is that's a it's a forward-looking metric. Um, you know, identifying potential hazards before they occur. It's just it's it's amazing to watch. It's amazing to see it evolve like that. And, and to add more to that, I, the, the safety cup overflows into other things, like Pat said, productivity, cleanliness, organization. I mean, for instance, when I started here nine years ago, um, almost nine years ago anyway, there there was not painted floors. Things weren't in place. There was dust. There was cobwebs hanging from the lights that you could just about reach up and touch. I personally, when I first started as a temp, I went through for two weeks in shop vac cobwebs, cobwebs <laughs> off of lights, off of fixtures, off of things for two weeks. And that, that was just the beginning. And, and like I said, that cup overflows. Once you fill up that safety cup and you get those, those policies, procedures, people buying in, your culture is established, they're, they're seeing the changes, they're more apt to accept change where things start picking up pace. Like Pat said, now that you're cleaner, you're organized, productivity starts to pick up. You're, you're, we're well lit. Our facility has all brand new LED lights throughout in in conjunction with National Grid, our energy service providers. They, they helped us, you know, they paid for half of it. You know, there's grants out there to help businesses do these sort of things once you get that cultural buy-in. You know, the VPP program, it grows and it pushes your safety procedures to be more robust. And, and 
it emphasizes frontline employees to get involved. That's that's the important part, getting your employees involved in the decision-making process in the design of your policies and work procedures. I can sit here and make a work procedure and try to tell them to do it a certain way, but maybe they have a better way. They're the ones doing the hazardous job or they're the ones doing that specific task, not me. So they're, in my opinion, the subject matter experts. I want to design a policy around their input. You know, that's very important. And once you do that, they are more apt to buy in at that point, right? If, if, if it's, they see their ideas being implemented in, in your facility, they're going to have a smile on their face. They're going to feel appreciated, especially if, if you give them a shout out during a toolbox meeting. You say, hey, uh, you know, so-and-so had this idea. Uh, what do you all think? I think it's a great idea. Um, this is the policy and procedure. We're going to implement this. You know, give them a round of applause. People genuinely appreciate being appreciated. Courtney, I'd like to um, just add you, you, back to your question about recommendations for EHS or corporate leaders. And I would go back and I would say, have the courage to lead. And by that, have the courage to lead with safety in mind. It's one thing to say, yeah, we support safety and you don't prioritize it. You don't make it part of you know, the meetings, part of your town halls, part of the expectation, part of the performance review process. A program will, will have a troubles getting up to speed if that's the environment. And sometimes for leaders, um, and when I refer to leaders, it's not just the top of an organization. Everybody has a leadership role within an organization and everyone can inspire and influence safety. So don't shy away from making safety that priority in your communications. As Mike said earlier, we start toolbox meetings with safety, town hall meetings begin with safety, um, leadership team and extent leadership team meetings begin with safety. Uh, it's living that expectation and not compromising uh, your standards. There's no faster way to undermine a safety program when you're asking of your employees to do this or that and then say a VP level or a director level goes on the floor and doesn't wear their safety glasses. And whoa, whoa, you know, that's the expectation. What, what, so there's, it has, you have to live the safety, you have to live the policies. Um, you learn from the mistakes. When you do have a step back, you learn from it. And not in a way where um, it's punitive, unless it's willful, but in a way where you learn from it and you communicate it and you prevent it from happening again. Again, this is all through leadership at different levels within the organization. That is the recommendation I would have for EHS leaders, presidents, company leaders, whoever. It's, it's living that expectation that you have of others. Absolutely. You're both very right that this feeling of being safe in a space also implies that you feel welcome, that you feel taken care of, that you feel the place is organized. I'm really excited that you guys are implementing all of that. And our final question is, where does Bartell take their EHS culture from here? Another great question. So, you know, <laughs> now that you're VPP certified, it, it doesn't stop. Uh, one of the one of the concerns I always have, and Mike, Mike, same thing, we, and we communicate this, is never become complacent. Uh, we've, we've gone to this tier. You know, we're one of only 2,500 companies across the country. There's, what, 7,000 businesses, you know, whatever it is. But it's a very few group of companies that are VPP. And you think, okay, we've hit that tier. Do we stop? And the answer is no. So really where we're going from here is um, trying to drive more focus on behavioral, uh, trying to drive more responsibilities at different levels. So we, you know, we're kicking this uh, initiative off safety through leadership, for example. And really it goes back to what I was implying is that everybody in the organization is in a position in a role to inspire 
or influence others. And where safety is concerned, it's the expectation. That's what we all do. It's not just my role. It's not just Mike's role. It's not just any person. It's that we all have that responsibility and that leadership role uh, with safety. So it's getting more people involved in leading um, programs and leading communications um, at all levels within the organization, regardless if you're in shipping and production and customer service and sales. It's it's a all hands responsibility. Uh, Mike, did you did you want to add anything there? Yeah, and and beyond that, going forward, when we design, say we have a customer calls us up and says, "Hey, can you guys make this type of industrial equipment? It's never been made before. We haven't designed it." Um, like Pat was saying, and when our engineers design something, they try to design it as as safe as possible. You know, using pressure sensors, light curtains, things of that nature. You know, going forward, we're only going to try to get better as technologies emerge to make safer equipment, safer for you know the customer, safer for their families and their communities, just through the whole life cycle of the piece of equipment from inception to disposal. You know, that's the whole point. And making it, you know, now at a corporate level, we're pushing for sustainability. You know, we, we went ahead and we're 100% renewable for our electricity consumption, you know, trying to be going green in the future. You know, that, that's another avenue that we're trying to push through you know, where Bartel goes with its safety system. Um, and it's 7 million companies. There's 2,500 VPP stars certified <laughs> out of 7 million companies. Across the USA. <laughs> um, you know, and, and like Pat said, from there, we just want to get more of our employees involved. I mean, we're lucky enough. We have a, a smaller, smaller company and, and where everyone is held accountable. You know, I, I want everyone to feel accountable for their coworker, the guy right next to him. I don't want them to accidentally injure them. It happens sometimes in industry with accidental startups, but that's 100% preventable. I'm sorry, lockout, takeout mm -hmm. works. Workplace injuries from accidentally energizing a piece of equipment is 100% preventable fact, without mm -hmm. a doubt. And, and I encourage people to look into that kind of thing and, and broaden their perspective. You know, don't be afraid to take that next step. You know, it is not an easy process. It's, it, I have to be honest with it. it. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. I'm telling you in the end, when you walk through a facility that's VPP star certified, you will get a feeling of, of accomplishment, of pride. You know, these guys, we get t-shirts when we hit certain um, health and safety records and things like that. We, we will give them t-shirts and they wear that stuff out in the community too with pride. And people can see, like, wow, that's a really good company, you know? Yeah, and I'll add something to that. To be on this side of the fence where we are literally partnered with OSHA, and I've seen people, you know, OSHA comes in a facility like, oh my God, oh my God what are they here for? You know, so to be on that side where we welcome OSHA in, we're partnered, and um, to, be, be, to be VPP star, it's also another level of responsibility that we're available to mentor other companies, whether it's within our HICO group of companies or outside, and, and we've done that. And so, you know, Mike, Mike, for example, is a, a special government employee now. He's now certified and at the disposal to help other organizations from that standpoint of view. So it is, it is a much better place. It's the right thing um, for your workforce. It's the right thing for your business. And it's the right thing for a company to be at that level with that emphasis and that priority on safety. It's, it's right for everybody. It's just something we would highly uh, encourage. And, you know, we, are in that position to support other companies as needed. 
Thank you guys so much for emphasizing the importance and accessibility of safety culture. To finish this off, if people want to learn more about BPP, if they want to learn more about Bartel, where should they go? Where should they register? What website should they visit? For VPP specifically, they can go right to OSHA.com and then they can search VPP or they can do a simple Google search and type in the voluntary protection program through OSHA. And there's thousands of literature pieces out there to follow or dig even deeper and reach out to your, your regional director of OSHA or for the VPP program. Um, I've been networking with with ours for, for region two, I actually volunteered for an AMP stand down. I got to give a shout out to them. Uh, they did a fantastic job some uh a lot of testimonies from a double double amputee for the amputation stand down that that we created for region two uh fantastic information out there um so like i said a google search simple that will give you enough information to get started and one thing i don't want to forget i didn't mention i realized i didn't mention it is after you're certified you have to do an annual self-assessment every year and you will be audited for recertification of the STAR program every three to five years. Mm -hmm. They want to see that you're continually advancing. You know, they look for things. What have you done in the past three years to make your safety system better? And they want it documented. You, know, you can't just mm -hmm. say, we did this, so, so where's your documentation that, that it worked, right. right? You need some sort of measurable um, you know, results for it. So I just wanted to make sure I, I added that in. And there are also different levels of uh, VPP just for those companies that um, want to know so if you don't quite achieve the star level there's a merit level it's where you're just a little short on some of the programs um, you can apply again um, you, you can't stay merit it's a three-year program you're in that merit level but you would have to reapply for a certification after that and then there's the uh, star demonstration which is this one level below that too you know the bottom line working with osha and the vpp star if you really intent on advancing your safety program it's right for your employees and it's right for your business so uh, we're glad we did it Awesome. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Michael. Thank you to everyone at home. I hope you have a great rest of your Thursday. I'm Courtney Eckert, and I look forward to talking to you guys again. Great. Thanks, Courtney. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Courtney. Yep, thanks. Okay. Bye-bye.